0: You are about to take part in a session from a Discipleship Bible School held at YWAM Richmond in the spring of 2022, and we are so grateful you are here. So much prayer went into every element of this course, from recruitment to content editing, and we are convinced you will leave this knowing God a little deeper. The Discipleship Bible School, or DBS, is an opportunity to survey the entirety of scripture to discover God's redemptive plan for all of humanity. Over the course of 12 weeks, teachers explored the Bible section by section, not only to deepen students' understanding of what was written then, but reveal what we are being invited into now. If you like what you are hearing, visit ywamva.org to discover what courses we are offering, ways you can journey with our team, and other content created to help you know God and make him known. Everything you hear was created as a step of faith by a team of YWAMers and volunteers who felt God inviting them to capture the DBS in its entirety over 120 hours of content. If this content blesses you, consider supporting future schools and content by giving at ywamrichmond.org slash donate. Thank you so much for listening, and we can't wait for you to experience God today. Hey, we're we're at the end of... Journey in our last session together. But what do we got to do first? We to Let's, welcome Let's welcome the spirit. I'm going to do this for a little bit longer this time than we've done the last eight sessions prior. Because I, like I noted before, the last session had 81 slides, this one has four by design, because this is not me throwing a bunch of information out at you, this is gonna be more us engaging and talking. Um, So, I would like the spirit to guide as much of that as possible. So position yourself however you need to position yourself, have your paper pen ready, because maybe you haven't gotten anything, but maybe this is like the spirit's gonna be like, oh, boom, maybe you don't get anything. That's cool, that's fine, because that's not what it's about. We're positioning ourselves as a way of honoring God, but also being ready and willing if the Spirit wants to tell us something. So, Father God, we do thank you that you are God and you are good. We thank you for this week. We acknowledge that there's so much information and it could be hard for us to retain it or it could be hard for us to understand it or it could be hard for us to apply it. So we come to you now positioned to say we still need you. And we want to give you this last session, anything that you want us to press deeper into. Anything that we haven't talked about that you're like, "Uh uh-uh, don't miss this. Anything you want us to sit with, we want to entrust it to you. So we welcome the spirit to guide this time. Every person in this room, from the youngest to the oldest, if there is something you want to guide, we welcome it. So here we are. We are yours. This time is yours. We want to show you honor with our silence, but also our readiness to hear if you want to speak. So this time is yours, we are yours. This week has been yours, and our next steps will be yours. Here we are, and we're listening. Be glorified. I want us pray in this holy and precious name, amen. When I was in my hardest periods, when I was in that hard work season and hard things happening in life, I had young kids, I had a lot of responsibilities around the house and at work, and it was very hard to know how I could engage with God and find the rest and the peace that I was longing for. Because I, I did not have, functionally have time, you didn't. When you got young kids, time is a thing you just don't have. <laughs> Space where it's quiet. Like that's why I, you will never hear me say, all right, so what'd you do in your quiet time? I don't use the phrase quiet time because that implies that you need quiet in order to engage with God. I'm not saying you can't use it, but I'm saying I don't have quiet in my house. So if I, only, if I understand my time with God is quiet time, does our house stay loud? Most of the time. Most of the time. So what we just practiced and what we've been practicing all this week, the other reason that I wanted to do that is to really, really, really push the point home of how simple and accessible it is. So that when you are in seasons of life where you cannot find removed spaces or quiet spaces or much time at all, like let's say you're doing a DBS and you're living with people and having to do community with people and you just feel like everywhere you go, there's somebody there, it can feel like, I don't know how I'm going to get what I need from God. Because in our minds, what we need is like a full on weekend retreat. And those are great when you can get fully removed, I mean, Bamboo will tell you powerful times he's experienced God when he's been on his own by himself all day on a trail in nature. Those are great. But if you can't have those moments, that doesn't mean you can't experience God. And what we've done is twice a day for five days, we have stopped and given, even if it was just a minute, to stilling our minds and saying, here I am. And when I was in my hardest periods of work and in life, and longing for that space, knowing I just needed rest, and my mind saying, you need a span of time for rest, a vacation for rest, God said, just just give me what you have. And I would go out to the front porch and sit, and sometimes it would just be a minute or two. But that position of my heart, I realized something supernatural could happen. Because a thousand years is like a day to God. So one minute of my time offered to him, I would leave feeling like I just took an hour retreat. Let's not sit on the power of God here. Let's not underestimate the power of God. What we have been offered through Acts, the helper that allowed people that years before could never have imagined or desired doing the things that we see them having the capacity to do. The Spirit is real and at work. Yes, and acts, but also today. I told you at the start of the week, because God told me I needed to put myself out there as the object lesson, I did not know how this week was going to go. For all my desires and planning and preparation, there were books that I bought that I was not able to tap into. Money was wasted, right? I did not know how this week was going to go. I personally have been able to see how God has orchestrated things, particularly through timing. That was a really clear one. Okay, God, I see what you did there. But also in hearing some of y'all's responses and engagement, because—and I told this to Bamboo—my desire wasn't that you would come away with more information in your head. So when instead you came around saying, like, one of the first moments I was encouraging was, Cassie, you said, when somebody asked you, what did you get out of you're like, well, actually, it's, it's more that it's things that God had already been saying to me, and he reiterated it. And I told Bamboo later, I was like, Bamboo, you didn't come and say, hey, this is what God's been telling Cassie, so if you could work that into the slides. That didn't happen. I didn't know. God knew. The Spirit knew. Did you get my email? Oh, that's what that... Mm, right? But... All I did was prayerfully discern what I should respond to Bamboo's invitation and then actively, continuously invite the spirit and give myself and it to God. To the point where I was willing to say, God, even if you tell me, delete all of your slides, not don't use them, delete them all. Destroy all of that work, the hundreds of slides, destroy all of it and go in without anything and you're going to look like a fool, but I'm going to work. Like I had to get myself to the point where I was willing for that to happen because it wasn't about me looking like a good teacher, but it was about the spirit being at work. The spirit has been real and at work in this room. Here's the beautiful thing is sometimes the spirit can be at work and we don't realize it at the moment. The spirit was at work in the upper room in scripture when Jesus was washing feet. And what did Jesus say in 13:7? He said, right now you don't understand what I'm doing. Right now you don't understand what the spirit is doing. You think it's just somebody who shouldn't be washing feet, washing feet. Right now you don't understand, but later you will. There may be some seed that the spirit has planted in you this week that is going to sprout. Maybe you won't even see it sprout. Maybe somebody else will see the sprout, right? The spirit has been real and at work good news is for all and to all the world. So let's start off. The good news is for you. Every single one of you in this room, the good news is for you. So whatever lie is being told in your mind, trying to convince you that you don't deserve it or that you can't understand it, that's nonsense. The good news is for you and also every single person that you'll encounter from this point on. So, we've gotta think about how we're positioning ourselves. If that is true, if the spirit is real network, at work, and if the good news is for everyone that we were encounter, how might we need to think about how we engage with others? How might we need to think about who we do and don't engage with? Who do we give more time to? Who do we value more? And who are we undervaluing? Who are we disqualifying? And the invitation is to be a unified church. Y'all have something unique in DBS. It's that y'all are forced to be a body together for a span of time, and you can't escape it. You are forced to function in unity. Now, you, you might try to escape it, but the structure and context of the class will still put you sitting in the same room together, doing small groups together. So you can fight it all you will, or you can embrace it. Recognize in this microcosm of this group, You can try to practice things, implement things, that when you are in your other unified bodies, whether it be your family or group of friends or church or YWAM base or whatever it is, that you have begun to hone what it looks like to be unified. Even when you and the other person are different or you and the other person think differently. Because if you are believers, you are called to be unified. Period. Full stop. Not optional. Not optional. We are called to unity as the body of Christ. So we gotta be thinking about what areas are we not pursuing unity? What areas are we allowing disunity? What areas are we causing disunity? And how can we invite the spirit to make some adjustments in that? Now, I told you at the beginning of the week when we did our first Welcoming the Spirit, to listen for words and to write them down and to make a little note. So if if something did come to you, I want you to find that now. Look back in your notebook if you got it. Come back to what you wrote on Monday. And I want you to take a moment to reflect on it. Take a moment to ask the spirit what you need to see or hear. Now, if you're like, I didn't get anything Monday, that's fine. If you got something on another day, then go to that. If you're like, I never got anything, then that's fine. During this moment, practice inviting the Spirit once more. Say, Holy Spirit, either I wasn't listening or you didn't give me anything, but I'm listening now. And if you don't get anything, that's fine. But if something did come to you, even if it's lima bean, I want you to take a moment. We're just gonna take like a minute. Look at it, reflect on it, see if if you're like, I'm confused by this, you can pray, say, Hey, Holy Spirit, is there anything you want me to understand about Lima bean? And then we're gonna we're gonna do something with that. So take take a moment to do that. Alright, as you can keep on processing, but as you are thinking on that, if there's anything that you feel like the Spirit did bring about, that you would be open to sharing, this is a time to do that. This could be, the Spirit gave me this word, I know what it meant, but then there's revelation, and here's what the Spirit said. Awesome. It could be, I have no idea what this means, but it's, it just feels really important, so I'm just gonna speak it out here, and then somebody else may have something to speak into that. The Spirit may actually have given somebody something else. So, the floor is open. If anybody has anything they wanna share about what the Spirit might have said this week. Yeah. So,
1: one day I had, like, a vision of, like, the world. Like, picture we're, like, in outer space, Teddy. Like, the world. When this is going already. And specifically, like, I was, like, going around the world. Like, I was just, like, in outer space, going around and around and around. And I looked so sad and tired. I was hating that I was, like, in this constant, like, going around and around and around. And I just kind of, like, looked, like, over and up, and there was, like, this other world of God. And just, like, I I just heard now, like, um, I have so much more to offer, is what I was kind of thinking, like, with that. Um, so, yeah, I don't know, really, know, like, I don't know what God's, like, really saying as far as, like, obviously he has more to offer, I don't know specifically, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, I think it encouraged me, so yeah. Yeah, maybe
0: that encouraged me. There's two things that came to my mind as you were talking. So one, when you're talking about going around the world, it reminded me of this cyclical nature of life that we're seeing through this, like through what, everything that we've read, that we want it to be, we come to know Jesus and then we're good. But we keep finding ourselves in this place. Finding ourselves in a place like in Hebrews, like you should know or already know this stuff by now. We keep finding it. Or we're seeking God and we keep finding ourselves in suffering. And how draining that cycle can feel. Like, why am I having to go through this again, God? Or why am I having to be taught this again, God? Or why? But I, I love the encouragement that God is not, it's not unknown to him. And that there is something more. What's, what's hard for us, but should be encouraging, is when we've heard about that something more in all these things that we've read, it's like the eternity that will come, the promise that will come. And we want it to be, right now. <laughs> but if a thousand years is like a day to God, when we do reach that, we're not going to think of the 5, 10, 20, 70 years that it took for us to get to that or the 5, 10, 20, 70 years that we felt like we were just cycling. So it's like this idea of how do we then find joy when we are drained by going around and around and around. And the other thing that came to my mind is it made me think of... um, (laughs) One of the things that the broadcasting team has been invited to is several times being called to broadcast conferences and events which we have never been really equipped to do or trained to do or staffed to do. And yet we keep on feeling God inviting. And the thing that I love about YWAM is the willingness to say, all right, here I am. Don't know how, but here I am. And every time God shows up and works, sometimes in like with way better results than we could have ever dreamed or imagined. One of the biggest pitfalls has been internet. Oh my gosh. So often the places that we are just have horrible internet. The event on Sunday, Internet was horrible. I was watching at home, and it was coming in at 144p, which, if you don't know, is like the worst quality that you can watch on YouTube. These cameras are filming in 1080, 4K, and then Chris had to use his own phone to do it. But one thing that they were thinking is, man, we need to find some better solution. And so they thought about, what about Elon Musk is sending up these satellites to create like this satellite internet that wherever you are in the world, and it's particularly for places that can't have an infrastructure around normal internet. What if we got one of those? And so there is these, there are these satellites that are just kind of going around the world. And made me think there are there are things that exist above the world that are just spinning around and around, but they serve a purpose. Satellites serve a purpose and they have to continue to go around because there's a value beyond just them getting to a destination. So I don't know if any of that's, but those are the two things that popped in my head. But I think your word is is encouraging for us. And 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 the fact that she had, you you turned, and then you saw God, right? Because how often are we just setting our eyes on? Uh, that's good. Thank you for sharing. Anyone else? I got
1: two things. I don't really know what to make the first one, but the second one was homecoming, and um, yeah, and so it was kind of like a vision, I think, is my interpretation, but it was um. The idea that we claim that we're like um, like people say heaven on earth and everything like but the reality is we're just like on the edge of the property we just stepped over the edge of God's massive property that He so like technically we are at home but it's not what he has for us and um, there's so much more and like true homecoming will be when we're just stepping through the door and coming into the house and coming into um, the smell of fresh bread and the
0: the
1: smell of food
0: and the, the warmth of it mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. yeah. It's like, uh, makes me think of somebody who's very wealthy and has an estate of acres and acres and acres and acres. You can come off the road into the drive and technically be there, but. It actually reminds me of um, when I ran internships. We had this, um, this family that God had blessed them with a lot of wealth and so they had been providing a lot of provision for our internship program. And they had this amazing house. I wish they still had it. They had an amazing house up in Afton Mountain area. They basically owned a mountain, <laughs> and, um And when we arrived, we saw this really cool looking log cabin right there on the drive. And you could have been fooled into thinking that was the house on the property. That was just the guest house. It was really cool, right? But it wasn't until you drove down that you discovered, oh, this is this is where they live. I mean it's it so much more. And I would have been content with the a little bit, but it's like, no, they had an indoor pool, a heated indoor pool. They and and then when you got up there, we got to stay in the guest house, but we didn't know it. And there my wife and I were like, well, where were we staying? They're like, oh, come over here. And there's this beautiful lit stone path that led to like a five-star looking little guest house. And Then they, you know, we got to go up on the mountain and they had a fire pit up on the other side of the mountain and all these things. But from the road, you didn't know any of that existed. So are we just stopping at the start of the drive or are we willing to journey? And it takes some time sometimes to get down the road. Feels like cycling, it's good. What else, anything else? I'm not gonna force it but I'm gonna hold out just long enough for that person that's feeling it. Oh, is it you, Maya? It's you. (laughs) What you got, Maya, what you got?
1: A lot of random words, (laughs) I'll say
0: that. Yes. Um, I'll just say the words as they
1: are right now. Um, I may have an interpretation or a vision, I don't know what it was, but the word, um, I have one sentence. Uh, which was, um, everything is rusty, hmm. uh, tears, rain, 2011, death, call, and fail. Oh, and mine. Wow. Um, I got a lot of words on Monday, and it all just came out super random, super crazy. And this week, I have been full. Cool. Oh, my head has been really full. Cool. But um, I'm just reminded of all the things that I am very, very rusty in community. Um, And I'm just thinking about this time in this DBS. As Bamboo knows, I've already cried like a dozen times (laughs) before even the school i getting to try to note my emotions, and one of them was really feeling like a lot of sadness. Um, also, like, a lot of heartache with not being able to connect with a certain girl who was here before. Um, and just getting a chance to, like, wash that all away, come with a piece, and then through this EBS, I'm just being reminded a lot of things that happened before for learning how to walk forward and sort of like killing like off these memories one by one just so that there would be a chance for a new life. Mm-hmm. A chance for like a dam to break and for everything to flow at first a little crazy but then come to a stillness. So mm-hmm. I'm like that's sort of like the picture and or the interpretation I buy out of that. Yeah. But also like some of these other words, I was told just to wait, Mm -hmm. be patient with them. Mm -hmm. But these particular words um, today, I was just told to underline them because that was this week. Yeah. And um, uh, after our recent quiet time, I got yeah this other um, picture based off of James Five with the farmer, but also. Mm got a little bit of a story running through my head, um, again, I'm trying not to think that this is my own imagination, but it just, Mm -hmm. it brings so much hope because, um, a little overview on that is, like, there, um, there used to be slave farmers in this story under so much oppression, um. But they came to that country willingly, but the country that it came from, their king saw their oppression, and came and destroyed their oppressor, Mm -hmm. and gave them their own land, gave them their own property, the freedom to cultivate on their own, but they would mess up so much until they had to have someone out there help um, oversee them, but they still have their land to their own, their land is still their own but they needed accountability and then they started helping each other with their farms. Mm-hmm. And there's just so much cultivation and there's also a lot of weeding to be done. Some would ignore the weeds and they would destroy their crop. Mm-hmm.
0: And so, yeah, yeah. this head is full. Cool. That's good though. And it's good that you've written it down, right? So like this is part of the practice. And the other part of the practice that we're actively doing now is, we could just leave it at that but in actually speaking it, and speaking it before others, we're practicing something else. We're stepping in faith. These could be random words, it could be in my imagination, but I'm still gonna share it. I'm still gonna share it as a way of like honoring God a little bit more. Saying, just in case it is you, I would rather err on honoring you than withhold because I'm afraid that it's not you. So we're practicing, and this is something I want to encourage y'all to continue to do. Because when you share, you don't know what it could actually be stirring within someone's mind. Like when you said everything is rusty, like that really stood out to me. And then (laughs) randomly what it made me think of is sometimes when something is rusty, we can get to a place of hopelessness with it, like, oh, this thing's ruined. I mean, it can look ruined, but there's actually ways to remove rust and restore something. But sometimes that can feel out of our reach, and the specific thing that came to my mind was, did you know ketchup can re- remove rust? And I wasn't even sure if I was remembering that accurately. And so while you we were talking, I tried to quickly search and it was like the first thing that came up, ketchup remove rust. I didn't get into the details of how or what, but what stood out to me is, you know, we could think that there's some hard, long process. You got to take it to some like grinder and it like grinds off the rust. But like, what if there actually are really simple things like ketchup I mean, there's probably a ketchup packet in this room, right? <laughs> like. Sometimes the thing that we feel is so hopeless, maybe there actually is not just a simple solution, but something that's accessible and unexpected that God's already given us because we get 20 ketchup packets in our box of things. I wanna practice one more thing. So Maya made the comment that there are some words that she has that God is just telling her to wait and be patient for. Um, This, what I'm gonna say next, one of those words could fit in it, but for anyone in the room, if you have something that you're like, I have no idea what this means, but I feel like I'm supposed to sit with it or press into it a little more, um, what I want us to do, if someone has something like that, is practice another thing. So we've practiced listening, we've practiced communicating, and now we're gonna practice, if if we're able, exploring it together. So what I'm gonna ask, and you can think about it right now as I'm talking, if you have something like that. This is something I don't know what it means, but I feel like I'm supposed to. Press into it. I want you to be willing, one you know, one person to be willing to share that, and then together we're going to create a space of praying and asking the Spirit if there's anything wants us to understand about that. So, does anybody have something that fits those parameters? All right. I got the word parachute. Parachute. All right. Now, stop. Stop. Stop thinking about it. Stop trying to figure out what it might mean. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna, we're gonna pull back on that, because it is our gut instinct. We hear something and then we start making the associations. That's not a bad thing, but we're gonna practice doing something else. So what we're gonna do, we're gonna position ourselves just as we've been doing this whole week. And we're gonna ask the spirit if there's anything with the word parachute that he wants to bring out. And then we're gonna listen. And give it, give it you know 30 seconds or so, a minute, like don't immediately respond. But then if something comes to your mind, openly share it and then if we need to hone it a little more then we'll do so. sound good so we're practicing we're practicing father god we thank you that you are god you are good we thank you that you have sent a helper so holy spirit right now um, cassie's just shared this word parachute that seems like it's not something just to shrug off um, that there may be some value to us. so right now we just want to position ourselves to listen if there is something that you want us to hear as a body collectively if there's something you want us to hear together Pray that you would just bring those words or those pictures or those visions or whatever it is to our mind um, to help us understand what this word parachute means. So we are now here before you releasing it and listening. If anything's coming to your mind, no matter how random, you don't have to give any explanation for it. You don't have to explain it. Sometimes you might just say the word and move on, but if anything has come to your mind, feel free to share. Anchor. Anchor.
1: Rocks and sand.
2: Actually, write write these things down. Anchor, rocks and sand.
1: Fish
0: eating a person. Mm. Anything specific about the fish, like how big it was or what it looked like, or was it just broad? It
1: was large and its mouth was huge and it was kind of like a crunch. Like it didn't eat the person, it just kind of like swallowed it, but it had to like unhinge its jaw. Mm. It's like of fish eating a person.
0: It like swallowing. Fish swallowing
2: the person. Yeah, swallowing. The person.
0: That's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is the tricky thing. Like, if you feel like your mind's starting to go further and you're not sure if that's the spirit or you, then just pause and say, yeah, Spirit, hone hold, hold my thoughts. If this is me, Hold out my words. If it's you, give me the boldness. D Day and the broader concept of war, like, it wasn't like I just, the, the word D Day and then war in general. Hopped to my mind, and the sense of having to step into something dangerous and frightening and life-threatening, and then that pulled further into the reality of, like, if you jump out of a plane, you want to have a parachute, but there, there is a risk. Either way, will the parachute work? So the decision to jump... Knowing that reality, so those are the two things that just.
2: Yeah, I, it's, I wasn't going to say it because I was not really sure. Um, like I heard the word comfort, which I really don't have a, a great explanation for. Um, and then, but I also my mind also went to like yeah, jumping out of the plane and what a parachute is supposed to be. The yes, there is risk. You know, even if the parachute doesn't work, was God still so happy? You know, like something in
0: So I'm not entirely sure what that means, but yeah, I wouldn't have said it if you hadn't said it. Like that's what I was thinking too. Or, and I wouldn't have said to you that that's what I was thinking too. <laughs> so this is it. This is an important moment because it's very common. Got something? I'm really not sure if this is me or God. I'm just going to hold back and then. Somebody says something that you're like, okay. This is why doing it in community is important. The spirit can use others to then illuminate a theme that popped up in multiple spaces.
2: This actually happened at the beginning of the school. The first thing that happened in the school actually. You jumped out the You We <laughs> <you laughs> forgot to tell you about the skydiving, but I
1: don't want to talk to was our staff skydiving, but it's Yeah, it's either sky zone or, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: No, but we, we we all, like, we just sat there and prayed, said, Lord, give us the word for this school. And, you know, three of us got exactly the same word, mm. and then one of us drew a picture of that exact same word. Yeah. And then I was like, and, and the three of us that got the word didn't want to say it because we thought we were being cliche. Mm-hmm. And then we all got exactly the same thing. And I was like, yeah. okay. And that was one of the things that spurred on, like having the confidence that the school was supposed to happen because we all got the same word from God, even though things were crazy.
0: Now let's remember, the purpose of this wasn't we have to figure out what parachute means for the sake of Cassie's soul. (laughs) Like that's not what it is. This was an opportunity for us to practice. Her word met the parameters, and so she kind of gently raised her hand, and then we went with it, right? But we're practicing, we're practicing. Um, And one tool we have at our disposal in this is to recognize one that we tend to respond out of fear. Uh, What are people gonna think of me if I say this? I'm gonna sound weird. What if it isn't God and it's me? Is I, am I going to dishonor God? Like, Paul, the Apostle Paul gave us an example. He could just say, This might be from me, not necessarily from God. Like, everything he wrote, he, he believed that God was on board with it, but he also recognized when there was that tension that he didn't hold, have to hold it back. He could just acknowledge, This might be from me. And so, in these spaces, you can do the same. This might be my imagination, but I would rather say it than withhold it and it turn out it actually was. Because if as we've described, there are situations if the first person had withheld, then all three wouldn't have shared. So here's what I wanna encourage you to do. Um, we could keep on going with this. There's no time stopping point that needs to exist on this. There are some things that we could say, oh yeah, that makes sense to parachute. Um, we could continue to like extrapolate within ourselves. Like One thing in my mind that I don't know if it was, I think it probably is just me, But I was thinking about the reality that, like, in our minds, if you fall out the plane and the parachute doesn't work or you don't have a parachute, that's definitive. That's it. Except there have been people that have survived. Falling out of a plane and their parachute didn't work. Like, so what we assumed was an impossibility might not be. If we feel like God is calling us to step out, not into the waves, but out of a plane, and it feels like it's to certain death, maybe, maybe not right? But what you could do is, so she's got these written down. Now this may end up just being something that Cassie, at the very least, you come back to and you process and you can individually like pray, Hey, is there anything of these things that don't seem to fit? Like, I don't know how a fish comes into this. Like, but together you could do this if you ever wanted to and say, Hey, let's get to it. Let's, let's ask the spirit to hone in this fish thing, this giant big mouth fish unhinging its jaw and not eating. Swallowing, but yet there's a crunch. Like, Holy Spirit, I think y'all could keep going with this. I want to encourage that. (laughs) Um, But here's here's what we're going to do. I know y'all have things you do at the end with the speakers. And just before that, um, is there anything else, now that we're at the close of this time, of this church week, that any lingering things like you're like, I I did want to say this before it's over, or I did want to ask this before it's over, this is that time. And it's fine if
2: not. I, w- I would ask something I mean and I, I think you've kind of touched on this, but I maybe it's helpful just you know to re ask questions. Um after we spent last well, a good part of the last year like you know studying these books, um, examining the early church. Um, what, what could the church look like today? How does the church carry out the mission mm-hmm. that are Several thousand years ago? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think the first thing that constantly comes to my mind with that kind of a question is I think of those passages like in chapter three. I think chapter three, four, and five all have it, but it gives the description of this is what the church looked like. And it's amazing. Like they were in unity, they had all things in common. And I'm struck by how impossible that can seem to us, whether we vocalize it or just internally think that. Like sharing things in common, being of one accord, actually going out talking about God. <laughs> like we'll look at thing, how things are and, and think that is such a far-off dream that must have only existed. But that was a far-off dream for the disciples too. Like... What they ended up experiencing, they could not have imagined that. It was abundantly more than they could ask for or imagine. Their best-case scenario paled in comparison to this. Remember, I told you that Jesus promised them a hundredfold of all the things, and there had to come a point where the the church was thriving, and they were thriving within the church that they realized "This this is what Jesus promised. I did not expect that it would work this way. And so I think the first thing is we've got to address the reality of what we're choosing not to believe. That definitive sense in us that if we don't have a parachute, we're going to die if we jump out of this. Like We can have these definitive senses of what is and isn't possible, but nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with the Spirit. The Spirit's not limited by external threats or circumstances and is not limited by our own foolishness because to, next week you're going to talk about the least likely candidate to be a servant of Christ, an ambassador of Christ, to go into all the world. Like, if you had taken a survey before Saul became Paul and said, who is the least likely person that you should never be chosen to do this, they would all say, I don't know, someone who kills Christians? (laughs) And yet, the Spirit is so powerful... Jesus is so wise. God is so all-knowing and desiring of us to know him that this guy who was solidified as the Pharisee of Pharisees, Hebrew of Hebrews, blameless as unto the law, does the most stark 180 in human history. And, And so many people didn't believe him. So many people didn't trust him because it was illogical. It was impossible. It had to be a trick. When's the other shoe going to drop? When's the rug going to be pulled out from under us? And so often as bodies of believers, we're waiting for the other shoe to drop. We're waiting for the rug to be pulled out from under us because it can't possibly be as good as what scripture is saying it's going to be. So I think we've got to choose to believe that it's possible that we as the body of Christ can experience the spirit in the same way as what we've just spent a week talking about. But then the next piece is, how willing are we to give everything for that? Because that's the other part. A lot of well-meaning people and churches and ministries will start that process until things get hard. I've seen many ministries that experience that mission drift because at some point, it shifts from being, this is what God's inviting us to, to, well, how do we sustain this? And therefore, how do we get the money for it? And we can't do that because we don't have the money for it. Or we can't do that because we're going to lose money. Or we can't, or we can't do that because what will people think? Or all kinds of reasons can change that trajectory. We can get to the place that the Hebrews were, who, like, were solidly, like, we read about it. Like, remember when you first came to know Christ? Like, you were willing to take on that suffering, you are willing to lose everything. You were filled with joy. Like, I'm not calling you to something that you've never experienced. I'm calling you to remember what you have experienced. Jesus could have said that to Peter. Peter, I'm not calling you to take a step you've never taken before. You've just taken 20 steps. And right now you've forgotten it. And so as a church, we've got to confront the reality that we keep going back to our former ignorance of how things work of what we want. And we will be aware of the path that God's calling us to, but the lies in our head and the former ignorance will cause us to not step into it. And in the worst case scenarios, we'll start to be like the people who had been freed from slavery in Egypt, who began to say, oh man, I miss Egypt. Remember that? Remember the cucumbers and the melons? Whew. So good. We could begin longing for things that we once longed to get away from. It's like the, um, what's it called when, uh, Stockholm Syndrome. When the idea is that when you are imprisoned, when you are held captive for long enough, you can begin to not see your captives accurately. You can begin to want to remain, to love them and appreciate them. Sin the enemy, trying to hold us captive. We read sin can be very deceptive. And if we allow ourselves to sit in that former ignorance and foolishness, we can begin to long for something. We cannot understand how they could forget the oppression of Egypt, and yet they did. And they were but people like we are. So if their minds can be so misguided that they long for the thing that they hated, why wouldn't we? They, by the way, watch it, like they witnessed a sea parted. I have not seen a sea parted. So they have seen expressions of God far greater than, like, things that I have seen. And yet, even they began to question God. So how much more am I at risk for that? But, and this is why you see James, Jude, Peter, uh, the author of Hebrews coming back to say, but we have a greater hope. Like, but I'm, we're, we're being as bold as we are because we want you to understand the deception and the risk, but we have hope for you. That's why we're writing. If they did not have hope for them, if they thought they were lost, that's it, they wouldn't have wasted the time. Writing it, especially those who couldn't write themselves, dictating it, then delivering it, long distance, great risk. The truth is is that you are all here right now and you are representative of spiritual bodies, whether it's ones that you're a part of now or ones that you will be a part of. And you are now equipped with spiritual truths that can bring about this thriving that we see in Acts, that Bamboo's asking, is this possible for us? The question for you is, are you gonna do what several of these letters have called us to and what we have practiced, is practice. I'm going to keep on stepping into this even when I don't understand it. I'm going to keep on stepping into this even when I don't want it. I'm going to keep on stepping into this even though it's confusing. And we are going to keep on stepping into this. We are going to keep practicing. Because as you do that and you hone that, there's that one passage in maybe James or Peter somewhere that said in that practicing you will get to a place where these things are increasing and you will never fall, right, even if you don't have a parachute. You will never fall. Like It doesn't matter whether you have a parachute or not so I do think it is possible. I think we don't believe it's possible. And I think even if we want to believe it's possible, we're not always willing to count the cost. But Jesus demonstrated by counting the cost and giving of his own life such a horrendous pain that in his wisdom, he still asked if there could be another way because he knew how bad it would be. And yet, he says, not my will, but yours be done. That's, that's the invitation at the end of it, is will we model that prayer as well? This is what I think, God. This is what I want. This is what I see happening. Here's how I want you to do it. But here I am. Not my will, but yours be done. And then take that step.